Smarties, today we talk about how educational therapists can use AI, artificial intelligence, ethically and responsibly. We talk about our initial reaction to AI, as well as some ideas of how to use it to support the work that we're doing with our educational therapy clients. If you are interested in learning more about the work that we do, we invite you to sign up for a phone call. My practice is CAP Educational Therapy Group in Beverly Hills, California, and virtually everywhere. And to sign up for a phone call where we specialize in learners with executive functioning skills challenges, you can go to our website, www.capedtherapy.com. And to sign up for a phone call with Steph's practice, my ed therapist located in Redondo Beach, California, and Manhattan Beach, California, and virtually everywhere, and specializes in all the things, you can sign up on her website, www.myedtherapist.com. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 286 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're talking about artificial intelligence because that's a hot topic. It's a hot topic and it's a topic I pitched you. Yeah. What are your initial thoughts on us talking about this on the podcast and then about AI in general stuff? We're recording this in November of 2023. So last school year, I definitely used some AI a little bit more. And then I think as the summer went on and I wasn't using it, I haven't used it as much and sort of got out of the habit of using it. Of even thinking of it as a resource, right? Right, exactly. Because it can do so many things. Yeah. And then you brought it up. I thought, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of things that we can use it for that's not just finding answers as a shortcut is what people think. I think initial reaction of educators is that of plagiarism. Just cheating. Of cheating. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a lot that we can do within AI that can support the work that we're doing especially if you're not in community with other educational therapists. So here's what I'll say that in person interaction that like I get to have with you and we get to have with our teams, it's not going to be replaced by AI. Let's just start there. My first go-to is still to ask you or to ask another colleague or a member of our team Mm -hmm. that I think could have an appropriate answer to my initial question. Mm-hmm. But there are times, especially in sessions, where it can be really, really meaningful and get you the resource that particularly, that's how I use it, the resource that I am looking for in that moment with more immediacy. Well, let's say I'm helping a learner or we want to talk about how to break down a writing prompt, which we've talked about on the podcast before. I can go into AI and ask for a writing prompt, especially like over the summer or something, where we can practice the steps of breaking it down. For examples. Absolutely. As examples of it. Because what I've done in the past for this type of work is I save what I see for my clients oftentimes. If I see a client who has, for example, a writing prompt that has no question to answer, but is like two pages long, I usually will save it and I can reuse that with another client. I'm like, okay, how would you 
approach this in this particular moment because they are going to encounter something like that. And it's a real world example. Yeah. So that has been helpful in terms of like updating my stuff because you get bored of your stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's why I have hundreds of games. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So should we explain what it is? Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about how artificial intelligence has come into our everyday lives. Mm -hmm. Okay, and the big one that we're talking about and using is ChatGBT. Mm -hmm. That is a website that basically is a smarter Google. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. If you've noticed when you're Googling something, I don't know if you've seen this, but in the Google app on my phone, it comes up with an AI version Mm. of the answers to what I'm looking for. So actually, I am finding it fast. But what I have used ChatGPT for, you go in, you have to like sign up with your email. It's free for now. It's not going to be free forever. But I used it for fact checking, Mm. for instance, for a social studies test. Let's say there were social studies questions and A, B, C, D were the options. They were like practice problems. Mm -hmm. But I didn't actually know the answer because I don't remember that specific thing. So I would go in and ask the question and it would give me the answer. And then I would see if it was A, B, C, or D. Got it. Okay. I've also put in the entire question with A, B, C, or D. And it has told me which one's correct. If I could copy and paste, depending on how I had it. But then I have also used it for things like when you are trying to make a meaningful flashcard and get extra information to answer the who, what, where, when, why on vocabulary, Uh in particular for social studies, history, and science. The way to really think about this is how do you use chat GBT as an educational therapist to support the work that you're doing? So like on your own? Yeah. And then how do you use it with your learner? Actually, there's a delineation there. And I think mostly for the benefit of this episode is how do we use it to support our work independently? So we're not necessarily showing the learner. No. Because I do think there are times that it's appropriate to go there. Absolutely. Or I do tell them if I don't know, I need to find out the answer. I mean, I'm modeling that. Right. But I think there needs to be maybe a larger conversation around how learners can use it. Not sure that we can be the experts on not yet that conversation. Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. But what we're talking about today, and I just wanted to make clear is we're talking about how we are using it either in session or to prepare for a session Mm -hmm. so that we have the materials that we need and we don't have to spend so long Googling because as we know, Sometimes we don't know what to ask Google. And so sometimes you need a longer form explanation. Yeah. And chat GBT will understand that. Now, a little tip from Adam, you know, friend of the podcast, <laughs> husband of me. He always says, make sure you say thank you. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Especially because we're modeling for our kids. Uh-huh. So anytime we ask Google to play a song, oh, uh-huh. which is what we use it mostly for in our kitchen, we're always like, thank you. That's hilarious. Anyway. Yeah, it's cute. 
So what are some other ways that we can use it to support the work that we're doing? And we're only going to list some ideas and we are sure that our audience is going to have more ideas. But even if this episode like gets you thinking about it, that's a good first step if you're not comfortable yet with it. Here's the thing. There's a lot of ways to use it with writing. And I have done that before where I've asked it to come up with a prompt or where you're working on writing or grammar or something like that, and you're having a student practice, you could have it write a paragraph or something that has mistakes to look for grammar mistakes. Let's put it this way. You're already trying to do this, I'm sure, if you're an educational therapist or an educator. You're going to Teachers Pay Teachers. You're going to Google. You're going to free education websites and whatnot to find examples or to find things that are already made so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Mm -hmm. This is a one-stop shop so you don't have to go to multiple websites to find the exact thing that you're looking for, I would say, in a nutshell. Yeah. And an idea that I just came up with as we were sitting here is in studying. I don't know why we're like spending a lot of time talking about social studies and history, but let's just say you have a 10th grade student who is studying the lead up to the Civil War. You could go to ChatGPT and say, give me an appropriate essay prompt Mm -hmm. for a 10th grader who is having a test on the lead up to the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And that could be an excellent study tool to see if the learner can go ahead and answer that question thoughtfully and thoroughly. Mm -hmm. And we talk a lot about what in study skills about prediction and like, let's predict what the teacher is going to ask. My favorite thing. Yeah. Yep. If you have a learner who struggles with that, you could use ChatGPT as sort of the bridge into that idea. Yes, we do want them being able to generate the question because that is an active study skill strategy. But if they're not able to do that yet, it's still an active study skill strategy to answer a prompt like that mm-hmm. or to test themselves. And what do they need to figure out in order to appropriately answer a prompt like that? So that's another idea. How else could you use it, Steph? Okay, so another thing that you could do is, you know, when you get those monster vocabulary lists and the definitions aren't necessarily already there and you need to look them up, Mm -hmm. you might need to know them in context. So not only could you get the definition, which you can do through Google or a good old-fashioned dictionary, but sometimes there's multiple definitions and you could ask it to put it in context of what you are studying. Mm. If it's a book, if it's a chapter, if it's a time period, you can use that to get context. I was talking to a student the other day about vocabulary and whether his teacher is asking pure definitions or in context. Mm -hmm. And that's a big difference about how you study. Huge. And so that's what we were talking about, how to approach it. He didn't know the answer, so he's going to find out because... It's not going to do any good if you just memorize the definitions, but you don't know how to put them into context of what the teacher is asking. Of course. Another way you can use chat GPTs, you can have it generate math problems or a math worksheet. And what I love about it is you could say, I have a sixth grade student working on solving the equation, let's just say, mm-hmm. but they have the math skills of a fourth grade student. So you could sort of generate that exact right worksheet that you want for that learner. I love the creating of the worksheets. 
Yeah. And as a reminder, you can also get those questions to check for meaning and check for understanding on a specific topic. If you have more ways that you are incorporating AI into your therapy sessions or learning support sessions or classroom lessons, let us know because this is something that... I'll be honest, it's still not top of mind for me to go there yet. Me neither. But it is becoming more top of mind of, hey, this would be an appropriate moment to use ChatGPT to generate what I need faster. And you love the faster. Listen, whatever's (laughs) the fastest way to the end, I'm all about it. But if you happen to have some really great ideas, shoot us an email, Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon, Smarties. Have a great week. Have a great week.